Okay. So for our last year of the year, we're going to do, it's not myth busting. I kind of feel like I did that every year. Because like I take what, we, what everybody knows, we like, like throw it out. But I, I want to look at something just different. Because um, um, it's always bothered me, certain things, and I want to understand them perhaps in a different way. Without, without going into the Midrashim. Because the Midrashim tell us certain things, and it's not clear whether the Midrashim, that's the whole point of what I'm always trying to do, is that we live, we've lived our lives learning Chumash with the Midrash. But the Midrash, so there's a, there's a commentary called the Shadal. And the Shadal says that the Midrashim are there to teach us halachic issues. They're not trying to teach you the story, like, uh, because where do you get all these stories from? They're using like homiletics and things like that to teach us things. So if we can move out of Midrash and go into simple understanding of the Psukim, right? Then you'll see just at, at firstly it, allow, it forces you to think differently, but it also allows you to see the story in a different way. And that's the Chak. That's really what I want to try to do. So let's look at the story from this week's parasha that, that you all know the Midrashim on. And then we're going to unpack it. Okay, so what's the story? Great story, right? He goes, Yaakov is told by his mother to go and find himself a wife. Really what he's doing is running away, but he's kind of doing both. Okay, and he gets, to, he gets to the place where he's got to go. And we know that he meets, as, as they all do, they always meet her at the well. There's something about the well, by the way. There's a big thing about the well. It's like the bar. You know, <laughs> like they, they meet her here. Yeah, it's very, yeah, yeah. And, um, and he, he falls in love with Rachel, and it's interesting that he falls in love with Rachel in the way he does, because his father's the complete opposite. His father doesn't fall in love with Rivka. His father takes her, checks her out, makes sure she's okay, and then it says, and then he loves her. Whereas Yaakov, who you would think wouldn't be like this, because Yaakov's the Ishtam, Yoshev Aliyam, he's this man, sits in tents, he's, he's, a, he's a deep kind of intellectual type person. So you think that maybe he would be more um, like systematic, but he's not. He loves her, he falls in love with Rachel, and we know that he says to Lavan, okay, I want to marry her. Okay, then the Torah says, and I'm in chapter 29, verse 16. And I'm going to move it to the point where I want to get to. Chapter 29, verse 16 says the following. Okay. So Lavan, who is the, the, his mother's brother, has his two daughters. Leah and Rachel. And it describes Leah. And I'm not going to go into this because Leah had weak eyes, but Rachel was beautiful. It's weird that, no? It is weird. That's how the Torah, I don't want to go into it, but it's strange that the Torah describes the one who's having weak eyes, doesn't say anything about her. She could be the most beautiful woman in the world. But she had weak eyes. Okay? But Rachel, gee, she was your fat to are, your fat mare. 
So what does that say about Leah? We're not sure. Okay, we're not sure. Okay, but okay. Sorry, have Yaakov at Rachel, and Yaakov loved Rachel. So he says to to Lavan, I will work for seven years for who? And he's very clear, right? Rachel bitcha aktana for Rachel, your younger daughter. Very clear. And so what does he do? He works these seven, seven years. And he loves her so much that these seven years are like a few days. Must have really loved her. Okay. Because I don't know how seven years becomes a few days, but okay, that's what happens. And then at the end of these seven years, as the, seventh, as the day of the seventh year becomes, he goes to love and he says, Havais ishti. Give me my wife. Now that's fascinating. Because she's not his wife. Okay? Leave that. says, bring it to me. It's time to consummate our marriage. So some of the commentaries explain that, that the fact that she was already dedicated to him, in turn, remember there's no marriage as we have it. We understand marriage. Marriage is a construct. And it's constructed however you want it to be. You know, you can do your vows and all these other things. That you do. We have a specific construct the Torah tells us. But we don't know what their construct of marriage was. We do know that the Sheva Mitzvah B'nai Noach, in the, um, the aloha, one of the halochas is that you're not allowed to take another man's wife in the Seven Mitzvah B'nai Noach. But how does she become the wife? She becomes the wife by dedication. This woman is dedicated to me, thank you very much. So Rachel is dedicated to Yaakov, to Yaakov so therefore she's effectively his wife. Okay? Fine. So, what's going to happen? Let's look at the process of what's going to happen now. Just think about it before we actually look at what happens. Yaakov is now going to marry Rachel. Okay? So there's the wedding. It's going to be a wedding. Whatever that wedding, however that wedding is going to be, we know that there's going to be some ceremony. We know that from all, all, um, all what's it, uh, um, cultures have got some type of process that brings couples together. Okay. So... Whose process is it? Who does it belong to? Does it belong to Yaakov? Does it belong to Lavan? Does it belong to Rachel? No, it's who's going to own the space to arrange for this process to happen. Okay? That's number one. Number two, who's going to be invited? Who's going to come to this thing? Okay? We don't know yet. Because Yaakov doesn't have any of his friends. Right? All his friends, if he had friends, okay, would be in Eretz Israel at the moment. So he's, it's a long, like a long distance relationship. He's getting married in, you know, somewhere here in this place. Okay, so who's coming to the wedding? Okay, what's the structure? What's going to happen at the wedding? We don't know. So the Torah has to therefore tell us. That's why the Torah says what it says. It's going to tell us what happens because the Torah has to set up the process. Okay, look what happens. That um, Lavan gathers all the people and then and he makes a party, a feast, the marriage feast. Do you think there's anything wrong with the way this, that sentence is structured? What's the order? How should it be? Should it not say you make a feast and then you invite everybody to your feast? You arrange this type thing and then you tell everybody to come. You don't tell everybody to come and then make it. 
you understand? And then arrange it. Okay? So therefore, the commentaries explain that this whole idea of him gathering everybody together, right, and then making the feast was there for a purpose. What's the purpose? So the purpose, according to most of the commentaries, the Malbim says, they all say it, is why is that he creates, he brings everybody together to tell them what he's going to do. Remember, everybody knows that Yaakov, remember, Yaakov is this oak, he's coming up from, from where he's coming, he's going to marry Rachel. Everybody knows he's going to marry Rachel. Okay? So how come nobody said a thing? Because he gathers everybody together. And he's a very powerful man, and he's a very evil man. It's like the, the, the mafia boss. No one wants to cross him. And he says to him, guys, this is what I'm doing. Okay? I'm inviting um, everybody to come to what Yaakov thinks is the wedding of Yaakov and Rachel, but I'm going to swap it with Leah. Okay? And you are now to say anything. Okay? And not only that, what's going to happen at the end, he's going to ask me, how could you do such a thing? And I'm going to say to him, we've got a minag in our place. And the minag is that the, the older one marries before the younger one. Right? And you are going to say, yes, that's the minag. No, he doesn't say that that was the minag. And you know how we know that it really wasn't the minag? How do we know? Because when Yaakov made the deal with Lavan, he never said anything. Okay? That's all a construct. He creates this whole world. In, why? Because he wants to get rid of Leah and he wants to get rid of Rachel. But his main thing is Leah. Because Leah's eyes are weak. Okay? Maybe she wasn't the most desirable of people. Or maybe, I don't know, whatever it means that her eyes are weak. Okay? You got it. So he does this thing. Vayas mishte. And he makes a mishte. What does mishte mean? A feast. What do you do at a Why is it called a mishte? Why doesn't it say that you drink. So why do you drink? Why, is it called, why does he create a mishte? Why doesn't he bring food and drink? You know, the Torah describes the way people do things. Like it says, like when they, when they had this, um, uh, last week's parasha, when, when they made this thing with Avimelech, they had food and they had drink. And they, you know, why does the Dafka call it a mishte? Because, so the commentaries explain, because at the mishte they're going to drink. And what's going to happen when they drink? Now you've got to go back into history. Because think about what's happened when people have drunk. Right? We have two unbelievable examples that are going to relate to this. Okay? We have Noah, okay, who, who, who drinks. And remember, they didn't have like single malt whiskeys in those days. It's all about wine. Okay? It's all about wine. Okay? So, we have Noah, who has wine. Falls asleep. What happens? His daughters, right? You have, sorry, his son, his son. But then we have Lot. What happens with Lot? His daughters. So this thing of having a mishteh, right? And the results of the mishteh are, if effectively the person who's drinking so much is oblivious to everything. And can you imagine? That Yaakov is going to marry Rachel, how excited he must be. And they're going to drink, and the idea is they're going to stoop him with wine. Why? So that he doesn't know that it's Leah. Okay? So he doesn't know that it's Leah. Okay? Now, you all know the Midrash, right? Because this is where, you know, Rachel, Mavakal, Baneha, all those things. I know that's beautiful, and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with it. But can you see anywhere here 
where there's any indication of any role played by Rachel at all. Nothing. Where is she? Where is she? We don't, we haven't, we don't know. Okay? Maybe he locked her up. I don't know. We don't know. Let's just look. That's why I want to see what the psukim say. We see what the psukim say. The maybe it's a little bit different. Okay. Vayahi ba'erev. So he makes the mishter. Then it's night time. Vayikach et le'ab bito. And he, Lavan, this horrible human being, takes Leah, his daughter. Vayave ota elav yavo eleh. And he brings her to Yaakov. Vayavo eleh. And they're together. And that seems to be the marriage process. Okay? But it has to be night time. Because it's got to be dark. You know? So it's dark. She comes there. They're together. He's a little bit ongeshnoskid. So what happens? Okay? It doesn't seem to be he doesn't realize who it is. Okay? Just go with me. We're going to get to a point here. And then all of a sudden the Torah says, also he gave Zilpa her shifcha to Leah Bitor shifcha. Okay? Leave that alone for the moment. And in the morning, when it's all light, and right, when everybody can see that what, what's going on. What do you mean, Well, say, I mean, it's a strange language, okay, that, the, that Chazal pick up on. It seems to be, oh, it really is Leah. As opposed to Rachel. It really is Leah. In other words, there seems to be something that there was an intimation that this was Leah. Okay? And he wakes up in the morning and he says, Oh gosh, it really is. By Yomer el What does he say to Leah, by the way? Can you imagine the story? Just imagine the story. Wakes up in the morning and it's not the girl that he thought it would be. What's he going to say to her? Right. What's he going to say to Rachel? What does he do? By Yom El Lavan, Mazot Asitali. What did you do to me? Hello, by Rachel, about it, I worked for Rachel. The Lama Remitani, and why did you deceive me? Now, we, we, uh, Lavan is called Lavan Ha'arami. Right? So the Chazal explained, Lavana Arami, which we speak about on the Seder. Right? Ar- Ar- Arami of Edavi. Right? He's called Lavana Arami. Everybody called him Lavana Arami. Why? Because he was a Ramai. He was a deceitful person. So why did Yaakov think that he wouldn't be deceiving him? Understand you're deceiving everybody else. Why are you deceiving me? That's what he said. Why are you deceiving me? I know you do that to everybody else. Why me? I'm your flesh and blood. That's how evil this human being is. Just by the way. And it's going to follow itself through the whole story. And Lavan says, In our place, we don't do this. To give the, 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 the younger one before the older one. And then he says, He says, Okay, so wait, wait a week. Let's just get Sheva Brochus over. Okay, and then you'll work another seven years and you'll be okay. Now we all know that story. And I want to show you that inside what's going on that we know, there's a lot of stuff happening. So let's try and understand. So, so look here. Uh, let's just get to the Mepharshim. 
function that we want. So the data Kanim tells a story, right, of what happens to Rachel, to, 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 um, to happen between Yaakov and, uh, and Leah when the morning happens. Okay? And uh, when you read here the story, you'll understand why the Torah says that he worked for those seven years. Okay? And then, uh, this is now verse 30, it says there, um, Sorry. Um, yeah. He loved Rachel more than Leah. And he worked for him for the seven years. It's not that he didn't only love Rachel more, but it says that Hashem saw that Leah was hated. And he opened up her womb, and Rachel was an Akara, and Rachel was, um, was barren. By the way, that means that Leah was also supposed to be barren. Leah was also supposed to be barren. By Yiftach et Rachma. You don't use that, that's not a language. You know, most women are able to have children. So when I say that, Kodesh Baruch opens up her womb, it means that her womb was closed. Right? Because she was supposed to be part of that process of all the Imahot that couldn't have children. And then they all daven, and somehow we learn something about davening from all of that, right? Right? But she didn't have to do that. Why? Because she was hated. Why did he hate Leah? Okay? Okay. Why didn't he hate Rachel? One, this is quite hectic. If we're going to say, if we're going to say that Rachel gave over the simanim, as, the, as you all know, that's what the Midrash I want to say, that we're kind of going to try. And, if we're going to say that, then Rachel's part of this. You can't just hate the one and not, hate, and not have like a bit of a animosity, something, towards Rachel. He has no issue with Rachel whatsoever, it seems. I mean, what do you mean he loves her? I mean, how much, how much, he doesn't even know her. You know, they didn't like go to movies together for seven years. They didn't date, you know. He was busy in the field with the animals. So, like, so we have to try and understand it. Okay. So, so the, 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 the dancer came and says the following. And you have to share what he says. Because what did she, what did, according to what you know, what did Rachel tell Leah? What signs? See, Simanim. We all know the Simanim. She showed him, gave him the Simanim. What signs? Like, what does it mean? What would the signs be that Rachel is, that, 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 that there's an agreement between Yaakov and Rachel about some type of signs, right, that are going to do what in order to do something? You got it? What are the signs? Didn't trust her. Didn't trust? Didn't trust the whole system. Completely. That's why he gave signs. But what are the signs? Like, why would you, what, what, like, okay, so, like, as you go down the chuppah, go, I don't know, like, I, I, what, you know, you know, wink your left eye four times. <laughs> like, what is, what are the signs? 
Oh, so the dots of Canaan tells us. Okay, that's okay. It's okay, most of us haven't. But I want you to think about it. What well, was it a verbal sign? Well, it must have been something, but where is he going to get it from? And what's going to be important to Yaakov? This is what you have to think about. What's going to be important to Yaakov in his relationship with his wife? As a sign. Okay? So the darts that Canaan tells us. He's going to learn from his father, who learned from his father. What defined Sarah? If I ask you, what is it about Sarah okay, that is passed down to Rivka? Yes. No. We know there are three sides. Okay, and the Shkina is there. So the Shkina represents Tarat HaMishpacha. Okay? The, um, the can is Hadlaka Samer. Okay? So, um, and the, the bread is Chala. Okay? It's Chala. 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 It's a mitzvah. There's mitzvahs. We're talking about mitzvahs. So it comes along, the Tarat says the following. Shekol ta osa atzma Rachel, that the whole night, she made herself like Rachel, mitoch ha simanim, through the three signs that, he had, that she had been given by Rachel. Okay? It's not signs. It's an understanding of what the foundations are going to be of our home. Right? I don't know how, what they spoke about, how they did this. Like, I was just speaking about, oh, Nida, Chala, I don't know what to do, but anyway, she, which are what? Nida, Chala, Badlaka, Saner. Kamor, Shemasra, Yaakov, Rachel. That's the whole thing. Right? Yaakov has no other um, precedent of what a woman should be other than the things that his father told him at some point in time why it is that he thought his mother was the right person. So those are the signs. Now what exactly they did and how they figured out these things on the night of the big together, I don't understand, but that's a different discussion. That's the signs. But look, listen to this. Okay? There's a midrash. A whole new midrash. Remember it says, V'hinei he Leah. Behold, she was Leah. Okay? Strange wording. The midrash says, The whole night when they sang, at the, you know, in the, when the band was singing, okay? When uh, Baruch Raff was singing, right? Uh, the song that he was singing, the words were, highlight. Hi, which means this is lay, meaning layer. Okay, that's what he says. In the morning, when he saw that it was layer, the whole, everybody was saying to him. They were laughing at him. They were mocking him. He didn't get it because he didn't know what was going on. They were saying, "This is layer. This is layer. This is layer." In the morning, he wakes up and he says, Says, then they, they sang the whole night. They told it it was Leah, but he didn't get it because he didn't expect it. He didn't suspect it. Why did he not suspect it? Because he's Yaakov. Because who is who? Who is what? He's what? He's the Ishtam. Right? Really? Is he really the Ishtam? Why is he there? Why is he in Haran? He's not really the Ishtam. 
Okay? So maybe he is the Ishtam. So now we've got a bit of a problem of who the Yaakov is. Is he the Ishtam Yosheva Alim, this naive person who here, he has halai, halai, and he doesn't get it that maybe that there's a, the, the, the guy who's deceiving him is like, you know, is like set something up, he doesn't get it? Or is he the man who deceived in inverted commas his brother? Which one is it? Okay? So says the Dats Akainim, it's an amazing Dats Akainim. And he says to her when he wakes up in the morning, remember we said he didn't say anything. Says you are a deceiver, the daughter of a deceiver. Quite hectic way to wake up your first morning to your wife, right? Okay? So, now, do you think that he never said to her, Hello, Rachel, darling, it's so nice to be married to you. Right? He says to her, says the, says, yeah, uh, the, the Daesakanyam says, it's amazing because he creates a, a, like a humanity of this whole story. He says, Balayla karati lach Rachel. In the, at night, I called you Rachel. Obviously. Right? li, <coughs> and you answered me. Rachel. Right? I called you Rachel and you said yes. Okay? Hashta karina lach Leah, but your real name is Leah. Okay? Now, it's quite an amazing what her, what's her response going to be. Look what happens. See, the Dazza Kanim is telling you a story. That story mirrors another story. Because when Yaakov goes in to his father and his father says, Who are you? He says, What? Anuchi. Esav b'chorecha. I am, I am, Anuchi. Esav is your firstborn. That's how we learn it and the way the, the trop works and Rashi and all that. But actually, what are you saying? I'm Esav. Did he say, I'm Yaakov, but you know, like I'm coming here to deceive you and like whatever? No. So she says to him, Amralei, Geber deleislei tamudoi avuch karilach Esav. She says, what are you talking about? I just learned the same thing that you did. Your father called you Esav, and you asked him, answered him, Yaakov, and then uh, he, when he called you Yaakov, you answered, you answered, you answered when he called you Esav, and he called you Yaakov, and he called you both. Right? Klomar, mimcha, listen to this, she says to him, mimcha lamariti ze haramaut. I didn't learn it from my father. You accused me of learning it from my father. Okay? But I'm now your partner. And you know who I learned it from? I learned it from you. Amazing, eh? Uh, and you know what? Even your father tested it because it says that Yitzchak says to Esav that your brother came Baramaut. Right? Um Varim. Now listen carefully. So what's just happened? What's just happened? He says to her, you deceive me. Right? And she says to him, I learned from the best. You. And I'll tell you how I know. Because your father, your great tzaddik of a father, even said you came in a, decept- in a deceptive way, a deceitful way. Right? Okay. What's happening now in that relationship? But what does Yaakov hear? 
See, you've got to hear what the, the Midrash is saying. What did Yaakov hear her say to him? He was bad as my father. You are as bad as my father. You, Yaakov, the Ishtam, Yosheh, Vahalim, are a Lavan. Okay? Yaakov's whole thing in that whole story is that he's going to be branded and uh, punished or whatever because of what he does, of what he did, right? And what's happened? On the night of the wedding that he wanted to get married to this beautiful girl that he loved so much, etc., 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 right? What's happened? It all comes back. The whole story. It's like having everything on Facebook and then like everything coming back to you at some point in time, 10 years later. The whole story. And therefore, he's got two choices. Okay? Either he's going to have a conversation with her around it, or... And, what, what, and if he leaves that and happens, what's going to happen? It's just going to fester. And that's why it says the Dasar Because of what she said to him, That's why he starts to hate her. That's why he starts to hate her. Nowhere does it say, right, that he hated her. That's what the Dasar Kainim is going on. It doesn't say that he hated her. Where does it say that he hated her? In all the psukim that we went through, he just says he married Rachel and he loved Rachel more. Okay? And then it says that Hashem saw that he hated Leah. Where did you see that he hated Leah? And hate's a huge word. So the Dasar Kainim is explaining to us where that hate comes from. And the problem is when you don't deal with these issues, then it becomes this massive, massive, massive thing. And he... You don't know what happened. We don't know because we don't see any conversations happening now between him and Leah. The only thing that happens is they have children. That's all we know about. Right. But that's, maybe that's just functional. Okay? So, it's a crazy story. But in none of the story is the main focus the Simanim. That's what we've created the main focus. We've taken this whole story which really, away, the way the Dazer Kainim unpacks it, is the reason why ya- Yaakov had no reason to hate Leah. No reason, until now. You can say he didn't love her as much, or he didn't love her at all. But hate and love, hate and not loving are completely two different emotions. Right? So now we understand what's going on. And so what's happened is that we took, uh, that's what I feel, so we've taken the little midrash of the Simanim and made it the whole story, and I think that whole story isn't about the Simanim. The whole story really is about this relationship that is going to be between Yaakov and Leah. And when you understand that story, you can understand the relationship that's going to unpack itself between the sons of Leah and Yosef. Because it's the same stuff. It's all the same stuff. Yes? We're going to see the father that he was actually entitled to that. Who says? Because The Bechorah and the Bracha are two different things. The Bechorah means that he's entitled to certain things. The Bracha is, you know, the, 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 some of the commentaries explain that Yitzchak knew he had to give a certain Bracha to Yaakov, uh, to, to Esav and a certain Bracha to Yaakov. The Bracha that he gives to Yaakov was the Bracha for Esav because it was all about physical um, wealth and physical success, which is what Esau is all about. The bracha that he wanted to, res- that he had a bracha 
for for um, for Yaakov, which would have been about spiritual and, and taking the you know the 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 legacy to the next level and to the next generation, etc. etc. That's the that was the bracha for Yaakov. That's what I mean. Asaph says to him, Don't you have any more brochas for me? He says, I've given it all over, all the physical blessing I've given over to your brother. Right? He doesn't say to you, Asaph, oh you know what you should also should be a Tamchokha, you know, and you should your children should grow and Yiras Shamai, because you could have said that. He didn't mention that at all in the in the bracha that he gave to Yaakov. You understand what I mean? So it's not like it's, like, it's not clear that this bracha was that he was entitled to the bracha. He's entitled to the bachora, but not entitled to the bracha. And the bracha is everything, everything physical. As with the bachora is only a double portion. It's not everything. Do you understand what I mean? So I think that's an important, important thing. Okay. So, so we have this this crazy story that has unpacked itself. That the reason why Leah becomes hated is why because of love. Because of because of of the way in which she speaks, sorry, the way in which she speaks to um, to to Yaakov. Okay, um, this old this whole idea of where Yaakov's of where Lavan says, um, that it's not the way we do things that we give the young one the 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 the, the, the young one before the old one. So is that correct? It seems to be that he makes it up. Completely makes it up. Right? Because it should have been mentioned somewhere. But one, but one of the commentaries, like the Malbim and others, say that when a person goes to a new place, we learn a huge lesson. There's a lesson here. What's the lesson? When you go to a place and you're going to involve yourself in any type of financial or other activities, you've got to find out the Minagim. You've got to get the protocol of how people behave. Because if you don't, then you're going to get yourself very badly hurt, which is quite an interesting thing as, um, as, as a thing. Um, I just want to get one. Uh, okay. Okay, let's, let's carry on. But, so Yaakov does what he has to do, and he, he fills the, he, he does the, Yas Yaakov came by Yamalesh Shavuazot, he finishes this, the week, and he gives him Rachel as a wife. Now, immediately, there's a stark contrast between the first marriage and the second marriage. Okay? And it's in the stark contrast that Chazal learned all the stuff that we learned. Because when he gave Rachel the wife, he didn't make a mishter, he didn't invite anybody, it was nothing. Right? What's the difference? It's a marriage, because it was all about the Ramaut, all about the the deceit. Okay. He works for these seven years. Um, why does it have to say that he loved, he also loved Rachel. We know that he loved Rachel. He worked for her for seven years. For seven years and a week, and then another seven years on top of that, once he was already married. So why did the Torah tell us that he loved her? He loved her, and then he loved her. So what was his first love? No, he loved, he loved Rachel. It's all about Rachel. It's not about Leah. Leah's like, kind of like... 
for sure. But you wanted Rachel. Yeah, I know it's problematic. <laughs> so some of some of the some of explain that the first ahava is not real ahava. You can't love someone if you don't know them. He thought he loved her. He thought it was ahava, but really it wasn't ahava. It was tava. Tava. It's infatuation. It's lust. It's whatever it is, right? Then what happens is then he becomes like his father. It's exactly the, it's, it's, it's the precedent. He brings her into his house. The Yehav Gam et Rachel. And in the same way as Yitzchak, the real love, the real connection, the real debt, right, comes when? After he's brought into the house. And the way that Malbim says, says that sometimes we find when you're with the person for a long time, the ahava, you know, gets less and less. He says, no, that was the chap with Rachel. The more he saw her, the more he understood her, the more he loved her, and the more he wanted to be with her. Okay, so, what I wanted to show you was a different space of that, of how these things work. Let's just go into one, one more thing with, um, with, with this. Um, so the, I want to look at this, this whole idea of, that she was snu'ah, that Leah was snu'ah. We understand, according to, according to the Dazakanim, that he hated her. That uh, he hated her for what she had said to him. Okay? Okay? So, the, the, the Natsiv says, an amazing idea, says, what did Hashem see? It says, Hashem saw Vayar Hashem ki snu'ah le'ah. How does that sin'ah manifest itself? So the biggest difficulty in this whole story is you have two sisters who are married to one man. Okay, we know the Torah doesn't allow it. But leave the halacha out of it. But can you imagine the family politic in that story? Okay? Okay. But the Torah, the, the Natif says, Hu yit barach ra'ah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu saw, Ki nahaguto ima hu machmas sin'ah. Mamish. He says the way he behaved with her was just really out of real deep hatred. Afal gav, even though, Shemikomakom noheg ima dina ishut. Still, he, he, if you look in the Ketubah, Ketubah says that a husband has to do X, Y, and Z. Okay? Got to give her clothes, they have, they have to have uh, intimacy, and uh, you got to feed her. So he did that. But he did nothing else. There was no conversations, there's no relationship, there's no anything there. That's what a Kodesh Baruch Hu saw. It's terribly sad. This poor woman with the, with the sad eyes. Why were her eyes sad? Who told you that? Why are eyes sad? So the Midrash said because she thought she was going to marry Aesav, right? But that's the Midrash. But let's contrast two Psukim. Well, one passage. It says, Ve'inei le'ar rakot. Her eyes were rakot. Rakot just means that they're weak. And Rachel is? 
Beautiful. So who's everybody praising? In the world. We know this. This exists in our reality, in our world. You've got two sisters, right? The one is... She's such a lovely girl. Right? She's such a lovely girl. She's got unbelievable midot. Amazing. Amazing, right? Her sister's gorgeous. That's what's going on. That's what's going on here. The story is a very, very sad story of this poor woman who's so powerful. How powerful is she? She has, if you think about it carefully, she has the Bechor. Okay? Who else does she have? Okay, but yes, but that's great. But she has the specific ones. She has the Bechor. She has Yehuda. She has Levi. Okay? Fascinating. She has the king, she has the firstborn, and she has the Kwanim. Yes? So there's an unbelievable, and I can't remember who it was. I think, oh, it's the Orachim HaKadosh. The Orachim HaKadosh says, why did Leah have so many children? Why does she have to get to have those three? So the, so the, so the Orachim says that in actual fact, the Bechor should have been in the plan, right? Which already is a theological dilemma, is that how can the plan of HaKadosh Baruch Hu be changed by whatever? The, Bechor, the plan was that the Bechor was going to come from who? From Rachel. Okay? That was the pure union. That's how it's supposed to be. Okay? And if it had come, the Bechor had come out of Rachel, then the Bechor would have been the Bechor, the coin, and the king. All in one. But because there was this change of plan, there's a dissipation of some sort of Kedusha, okay, in the relationship with Leah. And therefore, Leah, the, the, the Bechor, who should be the Kohen and the Levi, it gets dissipated amongst three of the children, rather being in the one. That's why Leah has to have all of them, right? But at least she gets something. And all that all that Rachel gets is Yosef. And Binyamin, where the Baisamikdash is going to be or whatever. But Yosef is the one who preempts the ultimate redemption because there are two Mashiachs. There's Mashiach and Yosef, Mashiach and David. But ultimately, it's Leah, the one with the, bad, with, the, with the sad eyes. Not the one who's beautiful, not the one who everybody prays, not the one who everything, but the one who's with the sad eyes that becomes the mother of the Jewish people in terms of their um, spiritual well being, in terms of the Kwanim, and their physical well being in terms of the kings. So just we see a few things that come out of all the story.